What's going on, everybody? It is Monday, August 21st, and you are listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. Today, we got almost everybody. Uh, we have uh, Jimmy's out today, but we got the other six of us here. And today, the goal is to just sort of talk openly about AI literacy. What is it? Um, and what does it mean to each of us individually? Because I think there are some really good definitions out there, but that but they're open for discussion for sure. And so I would love to uh, just have a chat about that. Um, but maybe just sort of start with, why don't we start there? Why don't we start with, you know, maybe how you guys see AI literacy, and then we can dive in uh, from there. Does anyone want to take a stab? Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah, let me, let me take a shot. Andy, let's go this thing. AI is not new. There's a lot of people who speak the lingo. There's there's been machine learning for a long time, and what makes major literacy today is an understanding of the emergent availability of natural language interface to really complex machine learning and deep learning capabilities. So that really you don't have to be you know studying for years to understand a new language. Uh, now, because of the uh, further development of, of natural language interfaces like Siri, Alexa, et cetera, which, which were scoped in a narrow way, now you have these massively trained uh, foundation models that have been trained on trillions and trillions, well, basically everything that they could scoop up from the internet. Now they speak really, really well in almost any language and on any topic. So literacy is made much easier for you today, mm. but now you need to know a, a new vocabulary at least, right? So you're literate already because it's gonna speak to you in a normal way, but now there's a new vocabulary and we'll talk about that today. Yeah, love it. Um, uh, Carl, I think- Or, or that, Robert, yeah, go for it. Yeah, well, that, that would be a good segue for something for me to show. So let's, let, me, let me show you something real quick. Um, this is something that I created for a presentation I gave to a, uh, a franchisor convention. I spoke to their franchisees and they wanted me to talk about AI. And so this is a, um, a, a visualization of some of the terms. So what is artificial intelligence? What is machine learning? What is deep learning? What are LLMs? And so if you see from this concentric circles, you can see that AI is used all the time in and news posts and everything else. And as, as um, Andy just mentioned, AI has been around for, well, since the 60s, as far as artificial intelligence as a terminology. But what we're talking about most of the time with language models are the uh, generative AI section of deep learning. So I, I love this visualization. So you can see that it kind of drills down to more specific use uses of those terms. Um, so, you know, I don't need to explain this is pretty self-explanatory. So let's take a, take a screenshot if you're watching, but um, this is the first, uh, I guess the first way that I like to talk about uh, AI literacy is understanding what you're talking about. Um, and then when you get to that level, you can start talking about how language models actually operate, which uh, that might be too in depth for today's conversation, but um, yeah, so that's the starting point. I love it. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a punt at this. So um, I think, from my perspective, I think um, there's probably a lot of people out there that are thinking, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I think Robert hit it there when he said, 
you know, it's not like you have to learn a new language. Um, there's terminology, but a lot of it doesn't really matter to the average man and woman on the street, I suspect. I think for a lot of people, they don't even realise that they are already using and have been interacting with AI for many years, whether it's, um, you know, the, the um, recommendations that Spotify or Netflix gives you based on your past history, or whether it's Amazon recommending new products or new books for you when you've been shopping through them. Um, every time you use Google, there's AI involved and has been for many years, ditto for Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think the, the literacy factor comes more around um, basically just learning a few uh, key concepts, you know, kind of what is an AI? I mean, it's not some magical, literally, the, what is it, the AGI, I think they call it, the when they when AI becomes literally human. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, so we're not at that point yet. We don't have to worry about the Terminator just yet. <laughs> but I think, you know, for particularly, I mean, I think a lot of people who would be watching this show are probably business people and or in corporate and government spaces. So for a lot of them, I think it's just more about becoming familiar with some of the different main products out there, the basics of how to use them, you know, understanding a few basics around, um, you know, how to prompt something. But, um, yeah, I don't know that a lot of people need to dive excessively deeply into it. So I suspect that probably a lot of people are somewhat literate and maybe don't even realise it. So one yeah, of the yeah. things right, that right. I think is important in this conversation, and I was thinking about it this morning, in terms of taking away the barrier of needing to know how to communicate because generative AI is now conversational, mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's is... A good one. Understanding what that means. So when I'm like putting a Boolean search in Google 20 years ago or whenever it was, right? Um, when it gets back to me, I know that I'm receiving a set of data from a database. But if I'm saying, hey, uh, what do you think um, I should ask this person that I'm going to do an interview with? That comes back to me in a conversational way. And it does not occur to me in the same ways to say, is any of that accurate? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it's because we're chatting. Um, and like, I know to think like, oh, you should read this article. Uh, half the time that's hallucinated. Right. That, and that's on that's another piece of this saying that AI gets confused or it's hallucinating or it's going to become almost human. Those are not those are metaphors. Those are not accurate like when a human right. hallucinates, not the same as an AI hallucinating. Um, right. And I feel like this this chat is sort of slipping into uh, we may be literate, but we're not using the literacy. So. That's, a, that's a brilliant point, Beth. And also to compound upon that is is uh, w w the reason why they start coming up with those terms like, you know, um, the, all the terms you just mentioned, like hallucinations, is because we're trying to train the user to, to not think of that tool as the same way we think of other technologies, other software. Software is, we've been trained to zeros and ones, right? It isn't, it isn't fault unless it's got a bug or a virus. And, but this is a new type of technology that we have the expectations because of other technologies that it be right and not, not hallucinate. But the problem is, that's not what it's designed to be. We got to treat it like another human. I mean, I know that's weird. We're not, I'm not trying to anthropomorphize the software, but if we expect the same type of errors, if I'm having a conversation with Andy and, and he remembers something incorrectly about a statistic and it's 20 points off, 
I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, that Andy, he lies and hallucinates all the time. <laughs> you know, so, but with, he does though, doesn't he? <laughs> you know what's so, so, so when, I'm when I'm thinking about language models, thinking about that technology, I, I, I like to preface it with the reason why they, they did all this terminology is to, is to basically change the user's expectations of what, what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's fa fascinating that you mention anthropomorphize because I think people do that with any type of something that they don't understand or they don't know. So knowing that, oh, this tool, either consciously or subconsciously, they're giving it human attribute, which I think comes leads to a lot of the assumptions that we think that it could do or the doomsday scenarios that we can come up with because we think that this is has human qualities which just kind of an off tangent which is really interesting but but back to in terms of base literacy i'm thinking about it two fronts one is the base literacy what aaron and robert were talking about you know the things that robert you showed and there's a lot of courses like google microsoft deep learning has all these base courses that you can take but I think <clears throat> what's really important and I think even more important for this technology is we have to be continuous learning and we have to be continuous learning on a regular basis because of how much faster this technology is changing versus any other type of technology. Yeah, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a good example of that. So. I was having a discussion on Facebook with uh, a couple of guys in a, an AI um, group that I'm in. And one of these guys was, the topic veered to SEO and whether Google liked AI-generated content or not, et cetera, et cetera. And I made the point that, you know, Google and OpenAI, OpenAI has already said they can't guarantee that they can recognize content that was written by AI versus a human. And I'm pretty sure Google is the same. Um, and this is where we move from the, the Google search model to uh, a whole different way of thinking. And I think the literacy factor is not so much about how the technology works, but it's how to think differently and use it. So the example I did to, in this discussion was basically I went to um, ChatGPT and I wrote in, write me a thousand word article on the subject of why great leaders inspire everyone to take action. So it spat out an article that was pretty good, you know. Um, and then I went down to the bottom of that and said, okay, now please rewrite that article in the voice and tone of Simon Sinek. So if anyone doesn't know who Simon is, he is a quote-unquote guru in the leadership space. He's published multiple books. He's talked to, talked for, to people like Google. And it rewrote the article in a totally different voice. Now, you could never have done something like that with Google in the past. So there is Was that. Was it better, Aaron? I'm curious. I, I thought it was. I'll, I'm, I can share it to you guys in the Slack later on just to see what you think. But I thought it certainly to me came across as more human, like it was a very much a first person article rather than a, you know, a professor up the front lecturing you as it were. Um, and so there's lots of little things that we could never do before with, you know, we're probably a reasonable, reasonable to say that Google was kind of the, the premier product in a lot of spaces. But, you know, AI itself or ChatGPT, for example, that the literacy is more around thinking of different ways to use it that we never could do before. 
Yeah, I think I, I want to kind of just so much that from all of you guys that I, I, I'm like, oh, I have, I have it. I thought of that on what Carl said and then Robert and then Beth. <laughs> like, I don't know that I'll catch all of them, but uh, I, I think you guys are all sort of nailing it for me. And when I think about AI literacy, I mean, Aaron, you were just talking about, you know, the advancements in Google and how we have to kind of stay up. And Carl, you're saying, like, you have to kind of keep up with it. You know, what's to say that the future and this is an AI literacy thing. But as you talk about that, Aaron, we go, oh, OK, we already know that. Um, ChatGPT will will rework an article in the voice of Simon Sinek. Well, in the terms of cookies and these types of things, what's to say the future isn't that when I go and read any particular article or blog that it isn't optimized for my liking and in my tone and voice so that I can consume it and understand it better? What's to say education won't eventually be there? I fully expect my 12-year-old uh, daughter to have education that more models that idea in, I mean, of course, it can go negative too, but in educational systems, I definitely believe by the time she gets to college, when she is handed uh, handouts, those handouts will probably be more modeled to her persona and the way that she learns best, whether that's audiovisual, whatever, right? So I think yeah. like we see that coming. And to your point, Carl, when we think about AI literacy, it has evolved. Or Robert, you were talking about it too. You know, two years ago, if you had said AI, I would have thought machine learning right off the bat. And that's not wrong. That's not wrong. That is, as you were showing on your on your um, the concentric circles, that is part of artificial intelligence. Today, if I said AI and I just polled the huge audience, I would imagine more people would say ChatGPT, right? Or maybe a couple of years ago, they would say um, Echoes, right? Because I don't want to get it to kick off in my house. But <laughs> yeah, somebody named with an A name named Echo. Quick, um, somebody tell Google to order something or, or um, right, Amazon yeah. to order something. <laughs> So we were all like, oh, look at this thing. We can sit in our house and we can go say, hey, so-and-so, and you know, it'll give us an answer. No, isn't that pretty cool? And so like, that's kind of the way we did it. And it's changed so much in the last eight, nine months. And I kind of agree. I mean, all of you are kind of hit exactly what I think, which is, you know, when I think of AI literacy, I've read articles that are like, look, it's there's three different parts to this. It's what you were talking about, Aaron, but it's not just technical. It's also the practical understanding. It's the um, ethical side of things. And so- if I'm a business, if I'm if I'm sitting here as, you know, Mr. CXO or something like that, and I'm like, look, I'm concerned that my business, my my, you know, uh, workforce is going to fall behind um, with AI because we don't know what we don't know. And that's that can be scary. That can lead to problems that could cause ethical issues. If you don't know that blogs could in an instant change to be more to your liking and you don't know that can happen, that's a scary thing. So like, where do you start? And I think the first start is, you know, top down um, push on becoming more AI literate. And Carl, you were mentioning, you know, read, there's a lot of resources for that. I'll put out the one that we kind of all came from, which is the AI exchange and what Rachel Woods and, and the team have been putting out there. The playbook that they put together, you guys know is phenomenal and i think anybody could start there and have a really good understanding baseline understanding but that doesn't mean that you know everybody needs to know the same stuff ai for a data scientist is going to mean one thing and it's going to be probably highly technical but then the leaders are going to need to know a different base and then your end users totally different experience so i guess i'll throw it back to you guys you know how do we get this idea of ai literacy where do you start if <laughs> You need to both take care of your technical, you know, your your managers in the middle, and then all of your end users. How would you guys go about that? I, I think for I me say, personally, yeah. I would 
I would suggest oh. that companies probably need to literally t treat it like a uh, a project where they're literally maybe having a team start to learn this stuff and provide resources for them. And um, so there's a um, there's a, a motto or a model in the U.S. Navy with the Top Gun School, uh, and they talk about when you go to Top Gun and become an instructor, what you're taught to do is teach the teachers. So they teach you, and then they teach you to go out into the fleet and teach the pilots how to do their stuff. A little bit of Top Gun stuff there. Um, and I think that a lot of companies, particularly the medium and large size ones who have the resources, are going to have to start doing that, You know, investing in a team to experiment with these things figure out the best ways to use them and then um, spread that knowledge out into other into the rest of the workforce so they can all start to get up to speed on it. Well, let's start with that then. So anything that, any resources besides the ones that I think, I think Carl mentioned the Google, the, you know, the um, uh, deep learning AI, they have a course as well. I was going to post in the, in the show notes, although it's kind of a long link. It was the AI Canon. Um, it's something that Andrew, Andrew Horowitz, uh, Adrian Horowitz website has, and it basically goes through the history of AI. It, it gets a little bit technical at times, but I think it's for those interested in learning the the, the genesis of where we are now uh, is really interesting to, to follow. But going back to my question, does anybody have their staple that that got them to where they are now? Yeah, other than the AI exchange, <laughs> right? Uh, but other than that, is there is there tools and in courses or just a learning path that you took to get your literacy up to snuff, all these categories mentioned, like Brian mentioned, the, the, the ethic, ethical part, you know, that was the last on my agenda. Or actually, I, I didn't even know it should be on my agenda. I didn't know until I started, you know, it's like the more you learn, the more you know you don't know, right? right. Um, so I didn't know ethical questions were, were something I should be considering. And the more I got into business, the more I realized, <laughs> wow, this is a big deal. So any thoughts? Anybody got solutions? Anything that they've used yeah. to get to there? I think the the biggest point of this would be you have to, you know, you can take all the courses you want, but I think in this type of tech, you have to use it to learn it, yeah. right? Yep. So you can go out and take all the Microsoft courses, take all the deep learning courses, go to Andreessen Horowitz, take all those courses. But unless you actually use it, I don't think you're going to get the actual understanding of where these things go because, and when I say use it, and this is where you, Brian, you, you made a point where like AI isn't chat GPT, even though it's associated heavily and most people use it that way, but it's everything from what Aaron said, where it's embedded into our tools. We don't even know we use it versus we actively go out and find the tool and use it. So I think like the use, the using it is a huge part. And then at the same time, learning all how it works, why it works, where it's going, ethics and everything around it. Yeah, I, I'll, I, with regards to that, I think that's spot on, um, Carl. Um, so I think back when I first got into using Mid Journey, so um, you know, I started, I mean, I didn't even know where to go. So you have to go to their website, learn how to set it up, and you learn a few basic prompts, but, and you play with it nonstop for a couple of days. But really, the only way to get better was number one, to use it, but also I, I did 
Google searches, surprise, surprise, and went out and found one or two really good websites that had lots of great resources on that. And I literally just experimented with them. You know, you get a certain number of images you get created for your plan, so it doesn't matter if I waste a few of them. It's not like it's a, 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 a ultra-limited number. Um, so, yeah, on on on-the-job training, on-the-job experimenting was probably the way I, I did it and using Google to find resources because there are people out there who produce amazingly good resources for just about anything you want, not just chat GPT or mid-journey. So that's where I start. I think the, those are both brilliant points. I, I'm sorry, I just want to say exactly right, Carl. You have to use it to understand where, where it works and where it doesn't work 100%. Um, and I forgot my point. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so one of the best resources for learning about anything is now conversational AI. Okay, I I hesitate to say ChatGPT because there are alternatives. There's Claude, there's Bard, there's, you know, Bing Chat. Uh, All of those things are available to you now. And to Carl's point, you need to start using them on a regular basis replacing the tendency you might have to be just going directly to a Google search for something, but instead learning what it is that it, it, that accounts for a really good result in search and retrieval using chat GPT or other, get a free chat GPT account and start learning about what are a term that we all need to understand more fully, which is prompt, right? One of the things that everybody has to learn in order to be really facile with with AI, conversational AI with large language models, is what the process of prompting to get to the refined answer that that this conversational intelligence will give back to you. So there should be a tab open on your uh, desktop browser. Uh, there should be a, a, a chat GPT app on your phone. And you got to start to train yourself to start to speak that language, get over and start speaking to those LLMs in order to gain mm-hmm. literacy and start to see by asking what it, it can do. Like pose a simple question to chat GPT, like what are the fundamentals of AI that I should understand to be you know, up to speed, at least as of the end of 2021, according to chat GPT, uh, about AI and it'll, it'll give that information to you. So this is the place where AI literacy uh, is a is a never ending circle because it will give you the answer and it may not be true because AI is that this kind of generative AI is not designed to be the most true. It's to be the most probable. And so if the most probable, if I say, hey, can you write me an award winning resume? Do they make awards for resumes? Uh, The most probable answer to that is yes, whether it can do it or not. Right. Because that is the answer to that kind of question. Um, Yeah. And and I guess the other point also, which um, Andy sort of mentioned was, yeah, if you're relying on ChatGPT, just remember that it's only trained up until the end of 2021. So, for example, I've gone to ChatGPT before to look for help with Midjourney, and it doesn't really know anything. Like it, it guesses, um, but it's not accurate. And I can't get to Claude in Australia at this stage, so I don't have a choice there. So, just be aware that there are limitations depending on whichever platform you're using in that respect. I want to add to onto what Beth is saying too, because it is a constant loop. And like, let's just think about this. So we think about um, conversational AI. And of course, that's not the only part of AI literacy. We, we're, we've been talking about that. But 
these things will be deeper and deeper embedded into all of our day-to-day systems, whether that's Salesforce. I mean, it is there already, but there's, I mean, just take any tool where it may not be there today. Um, and, you know, look, we know when we are dealing with it, a lot of us play in like the open AI playground where we're affecting temperature. So we're not, we're saying, Hey, we don't want to just go with the 0.7 default temperature that ChatGPT is set to, but I might want to move that temperature down to a very less creative, you know, give me, you know, zero temperature, which is like, if I say the best uh, pet in the world is a dog and I have that temperature set at zero, it will just say dog every single time. There's no creativity. There's no <laughs> variability in that at all. So we can tweak those on the side. But my point is this, like, yeah, we're going to need to know where this information is coming from. But it does go back to Andy's point about using the tools and Carl's point about using the tools, because we have to get better at asking questions and using our crit, uh, critical thinking skills, which, by the way, is the main the main thing I think most children need to develop more of is just critical thinking skills. And so do adults, because that's going to be so vital to take our our expertise, our intuition, that 40 years of knowledge in a particular area and apply it to the answers that we're actually getting back from AI to be able to say, does this make sense? Should I dig deeper into this? You know, whatever the case is. And when these tools become embedded so deeply into the tools we're using every day, we will no longer call this AI. We'll just call it Salesforce. That's the thing that Salesforce does. I don't call it Google plus AI. I just are Gmail. I just say that's the thing Gmail does. Gmail not only spell checks for me, but now it auto corrects. And in the future, it'll probably just suggest writing whole emails for me based on the previous response. It will say, you know, I mean, come on, by the end of this year, it will not only look at my email, it'll look at the email that came in and say, based on the entire thread of you and your, your client, this is the answer I would give to give the best answer to answer the questions of your clients. Are you cool with this? And now it's going to be up to me to say like either send or hmm, critical thinking skills. I need to go back into this thread and figure out, are these the actual answers that I might want to give? All right, here it comes. I'm ready for pushback. <laughs> All right, it's time for that pushback. So um, I agree that uh, adults in this roundtable uh, have that capabilities, but you're uh, assuming that those same critical thinking skills are going to be developed the same way ours were developed. Unfortunately, people like our daughter's ages in the, 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 the teens, like my mine's 13, she's never going to know a world without AI. She's never going to have that ability to develop those skills without that crutch. I think, think about calculators. You know, calculators were so, I had, I had a data bank watch when I was in school and I was like, you know, adding and subtracting on it during tests. I was like, ha I got you teacher. So <laughs> I, I, I feel like I don't know. Got, yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't know my times tables because of that, you know, yeah. times tables, whatever. So I guess my point <laughs> is the, the, the critical thinking skills that we have, I feel like we're going to have this interesting drop off from those yep. people that never learned them. And they're just going to rely on the models. And now we're just going to be at the, uh, at the whim, we're slave to those. But that's a whole other topic back? we can talk about later. Is, yeah. Can I push back a pushback? Is that possible? Yeah, is I, that think, I think so. I dare you. <laughs> I'll say this really quick. I know people want to get in. We're running out of time. No, my pushback to the pushback down then is, Robert, you're, you're right. But I, what I will say is that I actually think AI can develop in tandem with humans and education can develop better critical thinking skills than before AI. So that's my pushback to the pushback. I actually think AI can be used as a tool to make better critical thinking skills. 
By the way, this and, and I've got a pushback for the pushback in, for the pushback. Uh, which, which I just which want is, to address a couple of these great comments that have come in. And, and yeah, uh, uh, Jennifer mentioned a, a number of other tools that we might not have uh, uh, used. And then this is about prompting. I mean, yeah. there's a certain lingua franca of prompting that, you know, an expert user can apply to get much better results out of a, a conversational bot. But I, as far as AI literacy within your companies, I think it's a very important to stay abreast of all the emerging web applications and other tools that are available increasingly on the web that are using the large language models, but have been designed to address specific use cases. And they accelerate your ability to apply AI inside the corporation. So, you know, th there's a great, great tool out there that I use frequently. It's called There's an AI for that. And, <laughs> and you go and you say, okay, uh, you can ask a question. What is there an AI that will do X, Y, Z for me? And sure enough, it's going to come up with some relevant uh, solutions because there's thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs out there who are taking advantage of the accelerant that LLMs are to produce web applications that can do very specific things for you. I think the, I'm going to do a, a 20 second pushback. If I, sorry, guys. So the, <laughs> something that both Brian and Robert said made me think, and you were talking about critical thinking. And I thought in the age of fake news with AI, with hallucination issues, that makes for a really interesting world that we could potentially go into in the future. Go for it, Carl. Oh, <clears throat> um, yeah. You know, when you, when you think about in, in a business though, the people in your business know only know what they know. So Robert's point way back when he said, I only knew what I knew until I started learning. So that I think there has to be a way to show possible use cases on a regular basis. So it could be like an AI council, could be in your general teams team meeting or regular presentations because A, there's always new things coming along. B, there's always new operations that you can connect to things, but people won't know that. And then just some people won't, even though they'll have some sort of base literacy eventually or currently, there's just some people just don't have any interest in learning above and beyond until somebody shows them. Right. So I think that is a big piece. I'm not sure how companies can tackle that unless they have like an actual AI group that continuously looks at things and helps them improve their business. Cause that's a huge, huge opportunity, but this it's just not there. Well, I know we're uh, we're on time. I think that's a good point to end on. And hey, if I can be as so bold to say one way that you can get more AI literacy in your life is to continue to watch the daily AI show <laughs> daily on LinkedIn Live, yeah. Spotify, YouTube, and all the other wonderful places we are because, guys, that's exactly what we're doing here. We're talking about it, having open conversations day in and day out about exactly how AI can implement into the into the business. And that is definitely part of AI literacy. So come back and see us day in and day out. Uh, tomorrow, we'll be sharing our favorite uh, ways that we get used. It's a great uh, segue from today. How are we learning about AI? What kind of, you know, newsletters and things like that are we doing? Robert, you got one more? Yeah, if you have questions, uh, comments, throw them in the chat, ask us online, and next time we're answering. Thanks for your comments, Jennifer, and other users. Thanks, guys. We'll see you Bye. tomorrow. Bye.